God is with us. Don't make me get the ushers to carry you out of here. Mamandusta <laughs> Hey, hey, so, hey, so, hey, so, hey, so, yo sto mamande aka, mimendu, oh, mimendiki, maman, danda, 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 sodo mama, yengi di, egada, danda, danda diaku, babebeketu, mamandu oko, mimendi di ike, anda, oh, men, men, menda. Mando oko mamandia akata soto memendele kitia mondo okoto pemende kia ha 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 monsto 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 for many are concerned about the days that are upon us about even the days that are right ahead and about the times that are upon us and what we will see coming upon us but thus saith the lord Worry not and be not in fear. Because I knew that this day would come, so to me, just draw near. And as you draw near to me, you're going to find out that I'm going to be with thee. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to keep you, and the plague shall not come near thy dwelling. You can have faith in the fact that I am the Lord, that I am God among my people. And yes, even though there's turmoil and confusion all around, you will know that I will keep you sound. And you will know that my spirit and my power will be upon you in this day, and you will go forward and walk among the enemy in a supernatural way. And you will see the power and the anointing of God come upon you, even as my two witnesses in that last day they will die and they will say they will never live again but my spirit of life will come into them and raise them up that same spirit of life I have imparted unto you so don't be worried about what you're going to do because I the Lord have brought you through I brought you through I brought you through thank you for it father we thank you that you brought us through we thank you that you've taken care of us. We thank you that you've gone before us. Lord, the angels are before us, behind us, and beside us. And no plague can come near us. No evil can come near us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for revelation knowledge of what you're doing in this day and what you're saying in this day. And we dispel all fear and rebuke it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and command you to take your hands off of people across this nation, across the United States and across the nations of the world. Because I see you, you foul devil that's trying to bring fear into people's hearts because the Bible would say that men's hearts would fail them in the end times looking for the things that are coming upon the face of the earth. But Lord, you have said that we should not fear. And so now in the name of Jesus, we rebuke it and command it to go. And Father, we thank you that it's true and that your word is so. 
Thank you for your holy word, Father, that will give us direction and illumination in our life and revelation about what you have for us in this day as we go forward in a supernatural way. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. God is with us. I'm telling you, get that doggone fear and apprehension out of you in the name of Jesus. People watching by the internet, I rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus Christ and command it to go. We're not going under, we're going over. <laughs> Jesus is still alive. I'm here to tell you, it don't matter what happens everywhere else, but it's not gonna come near us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But you've gotta know that. You've gotta be assured of that. And you've got to have faith in that. That doesn't mean we don't use wisdom, but we surely must use faith. If you show the devil or give him any sense that you fear something, he'll bring it to you. You may be seated. The devil's kingdom, now this is God's fault, not my fault. I didn't plan on saying this, had no idea it was going to have the manifestation and demonstration of the gifts of the Spirit, but this is what the Holy Ghost is saying, Amen. speaking by the Spirit. The devil's kingdom operates by one principle and one principle alone. You must know this. The devil's kingdom operates by one principle and one principle alone. His kingdom operates by the principle of fear. Yes, sir. If he can get you to fear him and fear what he can do to you, he'll do it to you. God's kingdom operates by one principle and one principle alone. Now there's many subtitles, subheadings under the main heading, even in the devil's kingdom. But you understand, you gotta got know this. God's kingdom operates by one principle and one principle alone. What is it? The principle of faith. So the enemy's kingdom is trying to get you in fear. When he gets you in fear, you're out of faith. When you're out of faith, you're out of the kingdom. And then you open yourself up to the enemy. So you must develop, and we must, all of us, must develop a sense of faith and boldness in this day. Boldness. You have to look the devil straight in the eye. And a good country way to say it is ain't scared. Ain't scared. I am not scared. When David stood before Goliath, if there was one ounce of fear in him, Goliath would have took him out. But there was not one ounce of fear in David. That little teenage young man, no fear. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like the lion and the bear. I'll take him out the same God that was with me back then is the same God that's with me today. So it's about time that some of us get up and start slaying the bear and killing the lion and then going for Goliath. Hallelujah. Turn to Job chapter one. Go to the book of Job. Ain't it J-O-B? How you say it? J-O-B? How do you pronounce it? Job. Job. Oh, Job. 
Again, this is by direction of the Holy Ghost. He just changed my direction here, so he can do it. Thank God for it. All right, here we go. The book of Job. J-O-B. If you need a job, there's one right here. <laughs> it's in your Bible. Let's look at a principle here by the Holy Ghost, by direction of, of the Lord here tonight. In Revelation, I just, you know, the Lord's been talking to me about it right here in this service. When I stood up here, I had no idea that he was going to say it. But Job chapter 1, or Job chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Oz. <laughs> you need an interpreter in my services. That's what it says. There was a man in the land of Oz. <laughs> or Uz. Whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed or stayed away from evil. Isn't that right? Yeah. Shunned. When it says that uh, he was perfect and uh, he was upright, that means he was blameless. His perfection has to come from God, right? Yeah. But he was blameless. In other words, he, do, he did what he knew to do to serve God every day. Amen. God only requires of you what you know. So quit trying to learn more. <laughs> Just plead no low contender. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. And you'll get away with it. But if you do know, you ain't going to get away with it. Ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. So we want to learn. But isn't that right? He was a perfect man, which means he was blameless. He was upright. In other words, he'd done everything that he knew to serve God. He feared God and he eschewed or shunned evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters, which means he had ten children. Isn't that right? And his substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and you have trouble with your puppy. <laughs> I'm telling you, you do have trouble with your puppy. I want to be prosperous. We take care of your puppy first. You know what I mean? We got to get old Ollie straightened out. <laughs> oh, Ollie and I got along pretty good. It's 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses. I wonder if it's he-asses. I'm not a cussing or nothing. I'm not cussing. It's in the Bible. The King James is kind of decorative language. You know what I mean? Kind of. It's kind of got stuff in it. It says in a very great household. I'm saying all this for a reason. I want to point something out to you. I got it by revelation here. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. 
the greatest, which means he was the most prosperous. He was the most successful. He had more than anybody else as far as possession goes. He's the one that had it all above everybody else. Why did he? You can't fail my test. It's in the Bible. Verse number one. He was a perfect man. He was blameless. He was upright. He feared God. In other words, if God said do something, he done it. Isn't that right? He eschewed evil. In other words, he shunned it. He stayed away from it. Isn't that right? So because of that, he met the criteria to prosper. His possessions were not his God. Remember we talked about the rich young ruler, but the rich young ruler, the, his possessions was his God. That's basically what it was. But in this case, it wasn't. He didn't put anything. He feared God more than he feared any of this. Respected, reverential respect for God. Nothing stood between him and God. He was blameless. He was upright. He calls it perfect here. One that shunned or stayed away a skewed evil, it says. Isn't that right? So that's why he had all of these things. So if you want a lot of puppies, then you need to stay close to God. Brother Randy, I can't handle the rascal I got now. <laughs> but the rascals become part of your family. You know what I mean? So could you imagine 7,000 sheep going across your carpet? <laughs> or walking through your backyard? 7,000 sheep? Whew. Whew. And again, we have trouble taking care of puppies. So, verse 4. And his sons went and feasted in their houses and ev every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. In other words, they're going to throw a party. Throw a party, see. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about after they had thrown this party for a while, that Job sent and what? Sanctified them. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. He sanctified them. Or set them apart and consecrated them in his heart. That's what it says. He set them apart and consecrated them. Why did he do that? Job sent and sanctified them, set them apart, consecrated them, and rose up early in the morning. Job did. He rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. Why? For Job had misdirected what he was believing. For Job said, and he shouldn't have said this. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't believe it. He believed it because the devil was tormenting his mind. It may be that my sons, talking about his daughters too, have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. How often did Job do this according to that verse? This did Job continually. So he was constantly in fear about the wrong thing happening. You understand that? He's in fear about it. You see this in the Bible here? So scared prayers never work. 
You remember Dad Hagen telling us a story about the farmer and his wife and the son out in the field? And they were out getting the crops in, and here come a storm up across there. And they was going to work just as long as they can, you know, trying to keep the crops and everything in. And uh, finally it come, I mean, it come a gully washer or lightning, a popping and everything like that. And they're out in the field and they took off a running. And the little boy was out running to mom and daddy, you know, and he wondered what happened to him and turned back and looked. And his mom and daddy had stopped running and they knelt down in the old field and they was praying. He said, Ma and Pa, get up and come on. Scared prayers ain't no good. They were praying because they were scared. Scared prayers don't work. It takes faith prayers. Isn't that right? So Job was praying scared prayers because consistently, he did this consistently, not just one time, but over and over he constantly thought they cursed God. They cursed God yeah. to the point that he started speaking that over his children. They cursed God in their hearts. They cursed God. They cursed God. They cursed God. Who's telling him that? The devil. Yes. Just kept working on him. He started talking it. Isn't that right? Saying it says in your Bible, he's speaking it out. So the devil is going to take his scared prayers and his scared words, and he's going to use them against him. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Because everything you say will be held against you. <laughs> I'm laughing for a reason, but anyway. Inside story, but anyway. You have the right to remain silent. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Anything you say will be held against you in a court of law. You have the right to remain silent. Keep your doggone mouth shut <laughs> if you're not going to say the right thing. Job had the right to remain silent. He didn't have to let his fear come to his mouth. He didn't have to let it come up. It might have come to his thought life, but he didn't have to speak it out. Jesus said in Matthew 6, take no thought by saying. It doesn't become your thought till you take it by saying. You claim ownership of it then. When you declare it out of your mouth, might as well shout, woo! Jesus said, take no thought by saying. It's Matthew 6. Just because you have a thought of doubt or fear that comes to you, don't speak it, don't say it. Rebuke it, get rid of it, and say what the Bible says instead. So the devil's plotting against Job. This went on, I believe, for a period of time. Because it says continually. Don't say how long, but it was a period of time. Isn't that right? And we'll skip over to Job chapter 3, I believe. Did... Job's words and prayers work against him? Yes. How do we know? Let's let the Bible answer that question you just asked. Job chapter 3, verse 25. Job said, For the thing which I, what? Greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Yeah. Notice, he greatly feared. 
How did he get highly developed in fear? By thinking it and saying it. How do you get highly developed in faith? Meditating on the word of God and saying it. But it says, for the thing, Job said this, this is his testimony, not mine. Job chapter three, verse 25. He said, for the thing which I greatly feared, great fear, is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. And we know what happened to children, the storms and everything that was destroyed. And of course, we know that God, he got everything straightened out and God restored back to him. Isn't that right? But we can learn a lesson from this, especially in this time that we live in. With the stock market being so volatile and, and going down and coronavirus, you know, it's, it's all being spoke of all. It's like it's some kind of pandemic and all this kind of stuff. Listen, I'm not saying that you don't use wisdom but it, don't get scared. Amen. Don't get afraid. Amen. Don't do that. When you do, you open the door to the enemy. In fact, many news channels, many TV news channels are spreading fear. That's right. They are. They're spreading fear. Because all they're doing is reporting the bad stuff. They don't report the good stuff of all the people that's already recovered from it. They're just telling you the new stuff and the, showing you the videos of this and that one and telling you who died. And of course, we're, we have remorse for those who, who pass away and, and things like that. But ladies and gentlemen, it is not what they make it out to be. And I'm not saying again that we don't use wisdom. We do at the same time. But you cannot get afraid. Remember back when the plague hit Africa, what was his name? John G. Lake. John G. Lake. People were dying left and right. And then in despair and agony, so many of his church members died. There was nothing he'd do. And he went and wept. And as he was weeping, he got a revelation of who he was in Christ and who Jesus was. And he could literally, scientifically, he proved to the doctors in laboratory research that they could put that, was it bubonic plague? They could put that virus or disease in his hand and it would die yes. on contact with his skin. Woo! Because he had a revelation. He didn't have a revelation of fear. He had a revelation of Jesus. Amen. If you're God's children, you don't have to fear. Amen. Use wisdom, but you don't have to fear. You stay in faith. Because we got an enemy that's trying his best to get the church off track. Remember this. The Lord said to me at the very end of last year, maybe the first of December. He said the year of 2020, and I didn't hear anybody saying it, so I just kept my mouth shut, you know. <laughs> my elders and the Lord and everything, and I'm not belittling nobody. I, I appreciate what they say. I didn't hear nobody saying it, so I thought, well, I better shut up because I, I must be missing it here. But the Lord said to me, that this year, in this year, that we would have spiritual warfare like we have not known in a while. And look how it has come to pass. But that's what the Holy Ghost said. It's not what I thought up. That's what he said. And then he told me the second week of January, this will be a year of distractions. Don't yield to them. And have, has it that proven true? It certainly has. 
But all of these distractions, even all this warfare, when I, you remember I explained about warfare. I'm not talking about goofy stuff. I'm talking about biblical standing against the enemy. So now turn to Ephesians chapter 6. You don't have to fear the devil. I know you know it, but you got to know that you know it. You got to know that you know it in this day. Because if he can get you in fear, remember what happened to Job? Job got highly developed in fear, right? Highly developed in it to the point that the devil used his, he took, actually took his prayers of fear and used them against him. Because he was praying the wrong way. Where did we say we're going to? Ephesians 6. Chapter number 6, verse number 10 of Ephesians. He said, finally, my brethren, we're throwing the sister in here too. When he talks about brethren, he's talking about a species of being called Christians. Born again. On fire for God, people. That's who he's talking about. So it, it entails male and female. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Strong in him. Confident in him. Confident in the Lord's ability to keep you, to watch over you, protect you, and be with you, and give you the ability to look the devil in the eye and bind him in the name of Jesus. Woo! Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Not your armor, not my armor. Come into the revelation truth of who God is. Embrace it, accept it, and believe it. That's what he's saying. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles, which means tricks, temptations, tests, and trials, anything he has of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but he did not say we do not wrestle. We wrestle against powers, against about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual warfare. But again, we're not fighting the devil to defeat him. He's already defeated. But he's only defeated to the extent that you enforce it. And I enforce it. If I don't enforce the devil's defeat based on this word in my life, legally the devil is defeated in my life and your life. But if I don't enforce that and maintain it with the written word of God and believe the word and act on it and command the devil to take his hands off, then it will never be a reality in my life. There's a difference between it being legally mine and experientially mine. Legally, it's mine. Legally, it's everybody's. But experientially, it's not all of ours if we don't practice what the Word says. The Bible says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We have to do that. Verse 13 goes on to say, Wherefore, or because of what I just said, that's what that means, taking to you the whole armor of God. Remember, we talked about that that you may be able to withstand. Notice this, not go under, not be overcome by the devil. 
that you may be able to withstand him in the evil day and having done all to what? Stand. In other words, don't get afraid of him. Stand against him and just tell him no. You're not coming near me. You're not coming near my family. You're not coming near my dwelling. You're not coming near my children. You're not coming near my money. In the name of Jesus, stand against him. Stand. Standing denotes action. It's not a passive position. You can never be passive with the devil. You cannot, ever. You've got to be like President Trump. If they slap you, slap them twice. I ask what he does. <laughs> that boy is a fighter. I'm here to tell you. And if he wasn't, he wouldn't make it. Not down there. Listen, we had a doggone socialist down there, a communist. A communist. 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 Sanders. Yes, a communist. That them fool folks are voting for. Yes, I said fool folks. Yes, communist. You better go back and read Mao, Mousy Tongue, and find out what happened in Stalin. You better go back and read that yes. crazy guy. I mean, yes. <sighs> yes. Trump calls him Crazy Bernie. <laughs> Listen, Crooked Hillary, I heard you, Pastor. I heard you. Don't say it too loud. I'll repeat it publicly. My God. What is he doing? He'll just point at the news people. And look at all them liars. 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 We've never had a president that done anything like that. Fake news. Fake news. Make up lies about me. Make up lies. No, I'm not going to answer. You can't ask me no question. You're a liar. Get Mr. Trudeau to do that. My God. <laughs> well, Brother Randy, we, we might hurt their feelings, yes. Woo, I feel it all over me, I'm telling you. Granny used to shout till the Bobby Byrne pins flew. My God, shout. <laughs> Let's tell the doggone truth. We need some fighters in the church today. We need people that will stand for the word of God. People that will not be afraid and people that are not scared, but they'll stand on the word of God. Woo! When the Apostle Paul preached, he started a riot or a revival. In fact, it come to me today that your pastors are following in Apostle Paul's <laughs> My God! Woo! God is with us. If you'll be bold, David was bold. He got five rocks and ran towards the giant. It's time to pick up some rocks. It's time to stand for what belongs to us. It's time to fight 
the good fight of faith for what belongs to us. We cannot continue to be passive and mealy mouth and yellow bellied, broke backbone, knock need Christians. You need some more adjectives? Hi, my God. And I'm talking to you on the internet too, wherever you at. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you wanted a meeting, well, you got one. <laughs> That's what's wrong. We've been too quiet. You know, and I know in our nation, I don't know how, you know, exactly. I'm probably a little here in that nation too. In the church, they basically shut our mouth. Don't say that. Don't say that. Oh, somebody will get offended. Listen, I'm for helping anybody. I'm for being nice and kind. But I am not going to let the devil sit in my lap and kiss me on the lips. My God, I'm not going to do it. I can tell you that right now. That doggone devil climb up my lap and put his hand around my neck and kiss me in the lips. I'm going to knock his doggone head off. I can tell you that right now. I'm telling you the truth about it. Can you see that picture? Well, don't let the devil sit in your doggone lap either. Do something about it. The Bible says we're empowered to do something about it. We got the whole armor of God. It is not my ability, it is his ability. And all I gotta do is believe it and act on it. Woo! The devil's tried to take me out for years. Still here. Still here. Paul, at the end of his journey, said, I have finished my course. We're going to finish your course. You're going to finish your course. You're going to finish your course. I'm going to finish my course. I ain't going to be scared of doing it. Woo! (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, Jesus. Are you with me? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Granny. Y'all remember Pearly Ann, Nancy Jane, Emmeline, Carter Greer? I mean, she didn't stand. She wasn't big as a minute. If you wrote her name out long ways, you know, it'd be taller than she was. She never cut her, cut her hair. But I can remember she'd wear them moo-boos. Y'all know what the moo-boos? It's the tent women wear with pockets on each side. You know what I mean? And she'd get to thinking about Jesus. And she'd walk through the house. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Slinging her head around and bobby pins are flying everywhere. Jesus. Listen, if you get to thinking about Jesus and have to sling around a little bit, let's sling something. Amen. Let's sling it. My God, just get into it. She got into it. My Lord Jesus. 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 And I'm here to tell you that same Jesus is with us. Same anointing is on us. And God is with us. We're not going under. We're going over. Said, so how do you know I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Thus saith the Lord, not thus saith Randy. Because yes, yeah. I'm meek and mild. <laughs> but tonight I have gone wild. My God. <laughs> all I can say, all I can say is get out of my way. I might break something. My God, I might break something. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. And that's where you got to be with the doggone devil. You can't back down one second. You can't back up one thousandths of an inch. Or centimeter or millimeter or centimeter or whatever it is. I, my God, you can't back up. You got to always be going forward. And not let the devil drive you in a corner in fear. God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of your family. Listen, if necessary, God will send a hound dog to your door with a sack in his mouth with what you need. What kind? Maybe a bloodhound. Bloodhounds bark different than city dogs. Bloodhounds bark like this. Oh. It takes them about five minutes to bark. their form of communicating that I got this thing. I got it. I got it. I got it. We got yippers, but you need, listen, said, could God do that? Don't you doubt it. Elijah was down by the brook Cherith. And you all think you something when you get in the hotel and have this highfalutin room service. God had flying bird service. My God for never thought about it. He went by Granny's house and flew by and got the pork roast and the cornbread and flew it on down there by the brook Cherith and said, get up, Elijah, and eat you something here. Elijah, come on here now. God had flying service. That's the God that you serve. Amen. Granny used to set the table. No food in the cupboards. Set the table. Put the glasses out. Sit down. Get ready to pray. And I hear scuffling on the porch. Go out and open the door and be a sack full of groceries sitting there. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't be concerned. God is on your side. He's with us. He's guiding us and he's directing us. And you don't have to fear no devil. No demon. No evil spirit. You remember my first encounter with the powers of darkness? Remember, it was in prison with a guy named Robert who was demon-possessed. Now, at the time that I was dealing with him, I didn't know he was demon-possessed. All I knew is he had a lot of problems. And I kept, the Lord had me to go and, and talk to him about Jesus, you know. I was led by the Lord with no, no success at all. He's involved in homosexuality and he was other crimes at his end. In fact, I didn't know it at the time, but I wouldn't tell you in advance. He was in uh, prison, which I didn't know because they keep that stuff quiet, for making pornographic movies with children. And that uh, was not good. You know, it's not good anytime, but especially in that day, it wasn't good. Found this out later. So you can see how these demons work. So one day, April the 5th, 1984, I would stand out behind the prison praying. I'd been fasting and seeking the Lord. And the Lord had had me saying for several weeks, just I had been praying in tongues a lot, praying in English all I knew, which don't take me about three minutes, you know. And all of a sudden I have had this urge to say these words. I cast out devils in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm not looking for the devil. I'm looking for Jesus. 
Don't want no devil. Of course, hindsight's 2020, they tell us. I see now that the Lord was getting me ready for it. Faith comes by what? Hearing. I'd never had an experience. I'd never cast out a devil. I read for Brother Noel Hayes did. Brother Hagin did. Brother Summerall did. And many others did. Brother Roberts and all them. You know, I read about where Norval Hayes said he was dealing with a guy who was demon possessed that stood on one foot, with one, one foot on one leg, had the other foot up in the air, and his tongue stuck out for about four hours. Froze in that position. Demon possessed. But Norval Hayes kept telling him to come out, come out, come out. Finally, that demon come out, and the man was totally set free. In fact, I heard the man's testimony in a meeting in Columbus, Georgia, that he got wow. set free. Wow. So, I wasn't looking for no devil standing on one foot with his tongue stuck out. I can just tell you that right now. Let somebody else have it. Give mine to Geraldine. <laughs> You've been around here, you know what I'm talking about. They'll tell you. You want me to tell the story? Okay, I'll tell you the story. Y'all remember the singing family who was up in North Georgia in the mountains, you know, back up there in the hills and the hollers. And, and they got in this uh, church, oh, Wendy, it's Wendy Bagwell, you know. Wendy Bagwell and his family and all. And they was a singing family. They had the drums and the guitars and the pianos. And, and they were just good at what they'd done. And then pastor invited them to have a, a revival with them, you know. And they was up there on the platform and they were singing. And they noticed there was some boxes sitting down to the front there by, by, the, by the altar, you know. But they didn't think much about it. And the Spirit got to moving, you know. And, and the Holy Ghost began to move a little bit and people got to shouting. And so one of the fellas off the front bench, he come a-dancing up to the front and he opened up one of these baskets and reached down in there and pulled out the biggest rattlesnake you had ever seen in your lifetime. They believed in literally taking up the serpents, but uh, Wendy didn't, I'm telling you. Neither did his wife, and neither do I. The only serpent I see is a dead one. I mean, I, <laughs> that's the one I'm after right there. And he danced around a little bit. Another fellow come up, opened another box, and reached in and got another rattlesnake. And then he got another rattlesnake, and he was dancing with two of them. And he said he was shouting as loud as they can dance. And I'd be shouting too. I'll just tell you the truth about it. It might have been under different conditions, but I had, woo! <laughs> but they were a shouting. They believed if that thing bit you and killed you, that you wasn't in the will of God. But I didn't want to take that chance. <laughs> and nobody else did either. So this fella, that had those two snakes. He danced up by Wendy. You know, he's the daddy of the family. And he said, here, you take one. Wendy said, there's not a greedy bone in my body. <laughs> not a greedy bone. And he looked at his wife and said, where is the back door at? She said, I already looked and there ain't one. Wendy said, you reckon where they want one? <laughs> So he danced around a little bit more. That man did and said, here, take this snake. Wendy said, there ain't a greedy bone in my body. And he told the man, give mine to Geraldine. That's his wife. <laughs> you know, that's a good husband. I mean, that would give up a rattlesnake in behalf of his wife. 
Woo! Give up a rattlesnake. Well, they survived. Give mine to Geraldine. So anything comes your way, just say, give mine to Geraldine. My God, I don't, I don't want it. Anything of the devil in this snake, you can give mine to Geraldine. I don't want it. I'm not taking it. But I had been dealing with this Robert for about six months. Put it like this, yes. About six months. And I was out behind the prison praying April the 5th, 1984, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. God was with us, you know. Church was growing. In fact, it was going to start growing tremendously from that day. And uh, I was out there and the rest of the other people was in what we call the chow hall. You might have called it a cafeteria or a lunch place. But you know, that was at the chow hall. But I'm out there praying and suddenly the Spirit of God came on me and I was so overcome by the power of God that I was almost slain in the Spirit. So it was a block building I was standing behind. It was a, uh, a dorm, prison dorm. It was a block building I was standing out behind and I just leaned up against the wall and kind of slid down to the ground because the power just got in my legs and I couldn't stand up. Sometimes I have that now, not all the time. But I've actually had to leave out of meetings when I got through speaking before in periods of time because I couldn't stand no more. It would just get in my legs. I don't know how I understand it. Brother Hayden used to have the same thing. But anyway, it was on me. And I sat down. There was a little bucket there, a little gallon bucket. And I just kind of sat down on that thing, you know. And I'm sitting there just worshiping God and basking in his presence. And, and I heard these words from heaven. He said, I'm anointing you today to begin to enter into the ministry that I've called you to. And the anointing is coming upon you and nations and countries shall be changed. Now only God can cause something like that to happen. And you know he had a sense of humor because here I am sitting in a prison yard with gun towers and fences all around me. But he's saying that nations and countries are going to be, going to be changed. So here I am sitting there after about 45 minutes of just worshiping the Lord out of my peripheral vision, side view, I could tell somebody was coming from my right and I turned to look and guess who it was? It was Robert. The guy that I'd been dealing with with no success. Didn't know what was wrong. All I knew is he had a lot of problems. The moment I laid eyes on him, the Spirit of God said to me, the gifts of the Holy Ghost come up and rose up in me and a word of knowledge came. He said, the reason you can't help that man is because he is possessed with a homosexual spirit He's also got a lying spirit and a spirit of hatred in his life. And he said, I want you to cast them out of him. My immediate thought was, do what? But remember, I've been saying for about three weeks, just over and over, periodically, I cast out devils in Jesus' name. God knew it was going to come. And I'll tell you, he'll get you ready for what he wants you to do. Yes. You just follow the Holy Ghost, you know what I mean? Yes. Not make up nothing, but if he, you just yield to him. So he walked up to me and he was furious. Not him, but the demon. Because I knew immediately what it was. And so I started trying to calm me down. Oh, Robert, I stood up, you know, under this anointing. Robert, I said, Robert, I can help you. Robert, I can help you. If you'll just let me, I said, I can help you. Because I knew he had to be willing to be set free. You can't make anybody get set free that don't want to be set free. You just got to let them go their way. You're wasting your time. You're doing a, a disservice. Trying, trying to cast the devil out of them if they don't want it out. If they're going to keep yielding to it, just let them go. I know, but I did say, Robert, I said, come and let's walk the prison yard. Out of my prayer path, let's walk. 
As I was walking the prison yard, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord would say this to me. Because he was talking. He was infuriated, you know, furious. The Lord would say to me, that is a demon speaking to his lips to you right now. And then I would see the demon. And then all of a sudden, his countenance would change. And he said, now you're talking to Robert. It was like a split personality. I'm telling you, it's the truth. If you ever dealt with demons, you know what I'm talking about. And when Robert would, would, would show up, you know, the demon wouldn't control him because he had to yield to the demon, you know. Robert was very remorseful. He said, I don't know why I'm saying what I'm doing. He said, I, I need some help. And I said, okay, okay. I said, will you let me pray for you? He said, uh, yes, yes. I said, well, come and go to the prison chapel with me. No, I don't like that warden. I knew that's the demon, you know. I don't, I don't like, not the warden, but the chaplain. Chaplain Brother, we called him chap. You know, it's a term of endearment. Some of the people that come to our meetings now, for those of you that's been, uh, some of the folks there, David Hodges and all of them, they've met him. They know who I'm talking about. But uh, chap or chaplain Browder is a term of endearment. We called him chap. He was a Holy Ghost man like your pastors are, you know, and everything and knew the God. So I, I got Robert to go to the chapel. He said, no, I don't want that chaplain praying for me. I don't, I don't want nothing to do with him, you know. I said, all right, you just sit right here. On this front bench. And I said, let me go talk to the chaplain. Chaplain had a little office there. It wasn't big, you know, about six by eight or something with a little desk in it and a chair. And that's all he had. And I went and tapped on his door. And he said, come in, you know, open it up. And he looked at me and he said, what in the world happened to you? He said, have you seen God? I said, yes, but I've also seen the devil. He said, oh my God, what have you done now? What have you done now? I said, chap. I said, I was back there. And I said, the Spirit of God come on me. And I said, you know Robert? He said, you Robert so-and-so? I said, yes. I said, the Lord showed me demons in his life. And he says, possessed with a homosexual spirit. Only one possesses a person. I ain't got time to teach it all. But the other two were lying spirits, spirits of hatred. And I said, the Lord showed me those demons and wants them cast out of him. And he said, where's he at? I said, he's right there. He peeked out the curtain. He could see out there in the chapel. He said, oh yeah. He said, my God, you said, you've been dealing with it for six months. I've been dealing with it for six years. He said, if that boy's got three devils, he's probably got 30. That's what the chaplain said. He said, what did you come here for? The Lord told you. I said, I want you to help me cast them out of him. He had a lot of wisdom. He said, the Lord ain't told me to do it. <laughs> He said, he told you to do it. He said, so you got the anointing to do it. He said, plus that man hates me. He's almost tried to get me fired, almost got me fired several times, turning in reports to the warden and writing the state and the governor and everybody about me here. He said, if I do anything wrong, he said, I'm not going to be here. And he said, I'm, it's not that I'm scared of my job. He said, I want to help you boys. That's my heart. And he said, I'll tell you what though. You can use my office. I'll step out. And he said, you can cast the devil out of him right here in my office. And I said, oh, chaplain. I said, I got to get some help. He said, wait a minute. What you going to do? I said, well, I want to go. And I said, I want to get somebody to help me pray. I want to do this by myself. He said, who are you going to get? I said, I'm going to get Dixon and Charlie. Y'all remember Dixon? Dixon was a, a Christian weightlifter. And he wasn't what you call fully sanctified. We talk progressive sanctification and all. If he was a witness to somebody and they didn't listen like he thought they should, he would give them the right hook of fellowship and jump on top of them 
and tell them how much Jesus loved them. I mean, literally, he would do this. The guards would come and they'd say, preacher, preacher, that was my nickname, preacher, preacher, come quick. I said, what is it? He said, Dixon's down there in D block saving another one. He said, go down there. Because if they went, they would have to apprehend him and put him in lockup. But if I went, he would listen to me every time. So I'd go to where he was at. Dixon, he'd be sitting on top of him, just telling him how much Jesus loved him. Bam, you know, Jesus loves him. He was strong as an ox. He wasn't that big, but he, he could bench that weight. So I said, Dixon, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm telling him about Jesus. I said, Dixon, the Bible says to, to love them, to say all manner of evil against you falsely for his name's sake. He said, bless God, it says in the book of Jude, to save some is snatching the fire out of the fire. He said, I'm just knocking the fire out of this one. I'm just telling you the truth about it. He's going to help God a little bit. So I said, I'm going to get Dixon. He said, oh, okay. He said, but keep an eye on him. The chaplain knew him too. Keep an eye on him. And, and, and he was our head. I think you have ushers here. We had bouncers. We did. You, could, you were screened in the Holy Ghost to come in there because people would come to church to kill people. Literally, I've been preaching when people were getting stabbed to death in this environment we were in. I mean, it's hardcore I'm talking about. So you had to come into church for the right thing. So we had bouncers <laughs> in church. I said, I said, I'm going to get Charlie. He was a praise and worship guy, you know. I'm going to get Charlie. He said, okay. He said, call Robert in here first, though. I said, why? He said, I want to talk to him. I said, Chaplain, he don't like you. He said, I know he don't. He said, get him to come here. So I went to Robert. I said, Robert Chaplin wants to talk. He said, I'm not going in that office. I said, you don't have to. I said, just stand at the door. He finally said, okay. So we went up there. He said, Robert, he said, I know you and I have had our disagreements. It's, you know, and you disagree with me and so on and so forth. He said, whether you know it or not, I love you. Now, Randy told me that you want him to pray for you. He said, is that right? He said, yes, chaplain. He kind of hugged his head. He said, I'm tired of being the way I am. And Randy said, it can help me. I can't, but the Lord can. He said, well, I just wanted to make sure that you wanted help. He said, you're free to go if you want to go. We're not going to keep you here against your will because some people do that. And you shouldn't. If they want to go, let them go. He said, he said uh, okay. He said, just go sit down and Randy will be back in a minute. He's going to get some other guys in the church, a couple of guys. And, and they're going to come back and they're going to use my office and I'll step outside. I want him to be in the office when they pray for you. So I went. First one I saw was Charlie. I said, Charlie. I said, go up to the chapel. And I said, you'll see Robert. I said, don't mess with him. Don't talk to him unless he talks to you. I said, we're going to pray for him and cast the devil out of him. He said, we are? We're going to cast the devil out of him? He said, just like the Bible says? I said, just like the Bible says. <clears throat> I said, where's Dixon? He said, I don't know. I hadn't seen him in a while, but you know, he's probably out there on the weight pile somewhere. <clears throat> so finally, I, I got out to the weight pile where they had bench presses, and, and he was on the bench, you know, and he had about 425 pounds just... <laughs> Praying in the Holy Ghost, you know. <laughs> he was going to kill the devil in the spirit or in the natural. He don't care. <laughs> I went to him. He put the weights, you know, in the bench and doing the bench press. And I said, Dixon? Yeah. 
I said, the spirit of God came on me and told me to cast the devil out of Robert. And I said, I need you to help me. He said, where is he at? I said, in the chapel. I said, we're going to do it right now. And before I could stop him, he jumped up from that bench and took off jogging across the prison yard. And immediately I had visions about what's going to happen when he gets there. So I'm yelling at him, wait, Dixon, stop, Dixon, wait, Dixon, stop, Dixon. Hollering at the top of my voice. He's in a lot better shape than I'm in because I've been fasting a lot. When I got out of prison, I weighed 165 pounds. I'm telling you, I, my God. I wasn't big as a minute in the natural, but I was a powerhouse in the spirit. And I don't brag on myself. I'm telling you what you can do with God. So finally, I caught up to old Dixon and I locked my arm in his arm. So if he took off, he got to drag me too. Because <laughs> he stopped, you know, waiting on me. I said, Dixon, I said, we're not going to beat the devil out of him. I said, we're going to cast the devil out of him in Jesus' name. He said, bless God. I'll give it to him any way he wants it. (laughs) And I knew that he would. I didn't know what was going to happen. God was orchestrating it. We got there. Chaplain got up immediately out of the desk. Said, y'all come in. He said, I'm going to stand outside. He said, don't get loud. Don't get loud. He said, if you do, the warden's going to come because they're down the hall yonder, you know. They're going to come. The deputy warden Thurman's going to come. Warden Caps is going to come. He said, and the superintendent's going to come. The guard's going to come. And he said, all of us are going to get in trouble. He said, don't get loud. I said, I ain't. So we set Robert down in the chaplain's desk chair. I didn't know what else to do. And I said, Robert, I said, what do you want? He said, I've got something in my life making me do things that I don't want to do. And I want to be free from this. When he said that, I said, because all I knew is what the Lord had shown me. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you homosexual spirit, you lying spirit, and you spirit of hatred to come out of him in Jesus' name. When I did... He started growling like an animal and tried to come up out of that chair and the power of God knocked him back in there and the power went out in the prison. Every light went out. No weather reason why. The emergency generator would not run. I serviced that generator. It always worked. The security of the prison depended on that generator. It would come on and chug a little bit and miss and and, then quit and fail and the, the power was off for about six hours. There was no physical reason. They called the power company. They called Mr. Wingard, the maintenance man for the prison. He was a free world guy. He worked for the state of Alabama where this happened. he come out. The power would come into the powerhouse at the top of the boxes, but it would not run out the bottom. They changed fuses, breakers, flip switches, and everything, and it wouldn't change. Power's out. I don't know what to do. Got this demon growling. And I just said, I don't know. The Lord said to me in my spirit, he said, the devil has turned the lights out in this prison to stop you from casting the devil out of Robert. He said, you cast the devil out of him and I'll be with you. And I thought, I can't believe this. Chaplain stuck his head to the door. He said, Randy, he said, the Holy Ghost just came on me. He said, the devil turned the lights out. He said, you go ahead and cast that devil out of him. 
And he said, I'll keep the guards off of you as long as I can. <laughs> That's a good chaplain right there. So I turned back to him. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you foul, lying, homosexual devil, you lying spirit, you spirit of hatred, come out of him. When I did, he come out of that chair. He said, I'm a controlling demon over this prison and you don't have the power to cast me out. You'll have to come back when you get the power. And that was a demon talking. And my head thought, oh my God. <laughs> Dixon and Charlie looked at me like, which way do you want us to go? And I was going to tell them, let's just get out of here <laughs> and we'll come back when we get that power he's talking about. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Immediately by revelation, I knew that was a lying spirit trying to deceive me. And the anointing came on me and I said, you lying devil, come out of him in the name of Jesus. And he began to growl like an animal and uh, do all kinds of contortions that I'll not tell publicly. All kinds of contortions there. Dixon, he walked over where he's frothing and rolling in his chair, grabbed him and put him up and shook him like a bulldog with a bone and said, come out of him, devil, in the name of Jesus, like my preacher said. <laughs> and he slung him back down in that chair. I said, get him, Dixon, my God, get him. But ladies and gentlemen, them devils started coming out, crying out, just like in the Bible, started crying out and tearing him to the point that he was making an awful racket. The chaplain opened the door and he said, oh my God, I told you not to make racket. I said, it's the devil making the racket. He said, them things are coming out of him. He said, oh my God, plead the blood. Don't let them things get on y'all. Plead the blood. We plead the blood. We plead the blood. We plead the blood. Them demons came out. Came out of Robert. And I'm talking about not a draw, long drawn out process. Some you deal with longer than others. But it wasn't a long drawn out process. And while we were standing there, Robert that hated the uh, chaplain and everything to do with him, the next thing I know, he's got the chaplain around the neck. He said, I love you, chaplain. I love you, chaplain. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. The next thing we know, he come out of the huddle because he's hugging Dixon, he's hugging me, he's hugging Charlie, and he's speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And he was so weak, he was collapsing in the floor because the anointing was on him. And old Dixon would reach down and get him and pick him up, and all of a sudden, with these big, burly, strong guards, stood about six foot seven, come filling the door up, had to duck to get in. Said, what's going on here? You drunk, what's wrong? Chaplain, you ought to be ashamed. You say, he said, no, sir, no, sir. He said, they're not drinking that prison hooch, wine, homebrew. <laughs> if you don't know anything about it, bless you. But anyway, <laughs> they ain't drinking that. He said, this boy's been drinking that heavenly wine. And before we could stop him, Robert got free 
of Dixon and jumped up because Sir Robert was short than this guy and throwed his arms around that big guard and said, I love you. I love you. They cast the devil out of me. I love you. Get him off of me. Get him off of me. <laughs> he said, I'm going to lock all of you up. All of them. said, no, it's a spiritual experience. He said, get him out of here. So he thought, what's he going to do? He can't walk. He's collapsing the floor. He's falling down. You know, the Spirit of God, he's singing, you know, and all kinds of stuff. He's drunk in the Spirit. Drinking. I mean, just like a drunk man, but he's drunk in the Holy Ghost. So I didn't know. I said, Dixon. I said, get him and take him to his dormitory. And I said, then come and give me a report about what happened. He said, okay. So he put his arm around his waist and was walking with him. And he made it out about 10 steps away from the chaplain's door. And, and, uh, Robert collapsed. He couldn't walk no more. So Dixon just reached over and picked him up like a sack of taters under his arm, you know, under one arm. And he's walking with him like this across the chapel to go out a side door. And Robert's singing in tongues at this end and he's kicking in tongues that way. <laughs> Can you kick in tongues? I don't know, but it seemed good. I mean, he was... I said, oh, my God. So he got to the side door and he went out with him, you know. When he went out with him, we knew because of the security of the prison, their guards are going to be everywhere and everything. And I said, oh, God, chaplain. I said, the, the warden may be in the prison yard. They're going to get him for being drunk. So we went and looked and sure enough, there's Deputy Warden Thurman standing there with one of them megaphones, you know, battery power things, you know, back to your dorms, back to your cell blocks and all that stuff because the power's failed. And he started looking at Dixon with Robert under his arm. And Robert's singing in tongues here, kicking in tongues here. <laughs> I said, chap, you got to do something. Chap, you got to do something. So chap hit that door. He looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm just telling you, that's the way he looked. And he was a bouncing across that yard. And he was a slinging his arms up and down. Spiritual experience, sir. Spiritual experience, sir. <laughs> And the deputy warden got to laughing at the doughboy running across the yard. <laughs> and Dixon looked at me. What did I, I said, go, go, go. <laughs> he made it to his dormitory. He got him on his bed. And he got out and come back. And I said, what happened? He said, when I laid him down, he was still singing in other tongues. I said, oh, God. I hope they don't arrest him. <laughs> Can you get arrested in prison? Yes, you have to work at it, but you can. <laughs> so it's locked down. Quiet. We can't get to him. He can't get to us. We don't know what's going on. Oh, God. We're praying. We're believing God, you know. The next morning, the power had come back on about 2 o'clock in the morning, somewhere right there. And so they opened up the cell blocks for people to go to chow hall and things like that. One of the guys that slept in a dormitory where Robert did, come down to my cell. And he said, preacher, preacher. I said, what? He said, what did y'all do to Robert? I said, what do you mean what did we do to Robert? He said, that man's out of his doggone mind. I said, what do you mean? He said, he was talking in funny languages and everything. And then finally he went to sleep. He said, about three o'clock this morning after the lights come back on, the night lights, he said he sat up in the bed and started singing this song. I love the warden. I love the warden. He said, we know. They call it going off. 
We know he went off, lost his mind. They call it going off. Prison talk. Going off. What did y'all do to him? Said he got born again. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And ladies and gentlemen, we had, I think he made the 11th inmate convict in our church. That was on a Tuesday. Saturday, I was preaching to 75 born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking convicts. Most of them we had cast the devil out of from Tuesday to Saturday. That little room we had to meet in, we didn't even have a chapel. On Saturday, the room would not hold us. There were so many. So I went to uh, Captain Felton Crumpton. Y'all remember Mr. Crumpton, you know. He stood about six foot nine. He was over all the guards in the prison. He was the main guard. I said, chap, I got a, I mean, uh, uh, Captain Crumpton, I said, I got a problem. He said, what's the problem? I said, I can't seat the guys in the room that we meet in for church. He said, what? You ain't have had that many people in the church? What do you mean? I said, we've had revival this week, sir. I said, people, he don't understand all this, you know. I said, we've had revival. He said, well, what do you want with me? I said, can we go out on the prison yard and have church? He said, you know that's against the rules. You can't congregate in numbers because they think you're going to escape or do something, you know. And I said, sir, I said, if I could show you Troy Bibby sitting in that church, would you let us? He said, I might. I said, well, if I could show you Paul Bibby sitting in that church right now, in that room, standing in there, would you let us? He said, yes. Paul Bibby was one of the most notorious people in the prison. But he had got gloriously born again, cast the devils out of him first, and he got born again during that week. The captain of the guards stuck his head in that door when he seen Troy Bibby, their brothers. Troy was smaller. Paul was big, strong. People got out of his way. He killed people. He got gloriously born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Devils come out of him. And when he said, he said, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He said, let me make a phone call. Come on. He went into his office, which is right around from where we was at in the meeting room, and he called the gun towers. He said, I'm fixing to allow this little prison church to come out there. And he said, I'm going to have the preacher. They all knew who I was, nicknamed preacher. I'm going to have him put his back. He's going to stand in the north or southwest corner of the fence. And that's going to be where I'm going to let him stand. And I'm going to make him sit in a semicircle out in front of him. And he said, he's going to be able to preach out there on the prison yard. That's how many we know we had because we had to count them. And they had to take account. So we started having service on the churchyard. Eventually, we went on, the prison went on, under Chaplain Browder, us believing God to build a facility that cost $325,000 with convicts. I preached in that facility had revivals for a week long. Remember what I was telling you about going back? Preached in there. Being there a week long. The devil is defeated. You have authority over the devil. But if he can get you to fear him, he'll dominate you. This is a day not to be afraid, but it's a day to be bold. I'm not saying that you don't use wisdom. But at the same time, you absolutely do not get in fear. You stay in faith. You believe God. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So stand to your feet. I'm going to lead you in this. 
laying hands on you is not good enough in this situation. You're going to have to exercise it yourself. But this is the way you do it. And I want you to just repeat this after me, and you can later on do it the way you want to. You know what I mean? Now let's just bind every evil work that would come against you, your family, your children, whatever it is. We're going to take authority. Isn't that right? Say this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, believe I believe your word. Thank you, Thank you. that you've risen from the dead and through your shed blood, I have eternal life. Thank you that I have authority over every devil and every demon and every evil work in the name of Jesus. And so now, by the authority invested in me, by you, my Lord Jesus Christ, in your name, I bind every evil spirit in the name of Jesus and command you to leave me alone. Leave my family alone. Leave my possessions alone. Take your hands off my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, go and don't come back. In Jesus' name, Amen. It is that simple. It is that simple. Stand on it. Now that don't mean he won't try. But what you do is say, no devil. No devil. No devil. If you're already bound in the name of Jesus. Have you got the victory tonight? I'll tell you about myself. I didn't preach myself happy. I almost shouted my hair down like granny. I'm telling you the truth about it. Woo! We live in glorious times and we're not going to fear.